Hello and welcome! You are listening to Desperate Acts of Capitalism, a podcast about money, marketing, and how it all goes wrong. Join us on our magical journey through our wonderland of burning money. I'm Evan Swope. And I'm C.T. Kelly. Alright, so you don't even know, I haven't even told you, I usually tell you ahead of time, but like, I haven't even told you what I'm doing. I am in the dark. Ba 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 ba. So, uh, on our Patreon, we do like polls, um, you know, every month. And one of the questions is always like, what topic should we do next? And the, yeah. the number one choice for like the last three polls has been Google Glass. Ah. <laughs> um, so people, I gotta give the people what they want. Right democracy so i like i'm sure you remember google glass and i remember it but like there's this weird like gap because it was supposed to be the next big thing right like yeah everyone was talking about it it was like there's all this hype like it was supposed to be like the next iphone the next ipad the next whatever like right. it, it was supposed to change the world and like everyone like i was just waiting for it to come out because like everyone was you know excited about it right and everyone was raving ready to get about them. it But then they just kind of, like, disappeared. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't, like, know what happened to them or where they went or if they failed or what. I All I know is that it was something about, like, the the production wasn't, like, it was, they were way too expensive to make and it was really hard to keep them secure. Yeah. But that's all that, that's all that I've ever really heard about them. I have no idea what this story is. So this story is actually a very interesting one. Um, I wrote like a little intro, and I'll just go ahead and get into it. All right. The first half of Google Glass's history follows the general trend of this podcast. A mega tech corporation pours hundreds of millions of dollars into a product without fully understanding how much demand there is, what the unique selling point is, or even if there's a market for the product. Embarrassment, failure, and general chaos ensue. But what sets this story apart is the pivot that Google was actually able to make, the incredibly expensive rebrand and change in mission that changed Google Glass from another failed tech product into a product that could potentially transform dozens of industries, from healthcare to manufacturing. It's the story Hmm. of Google swallowing its pride, figuring out how to make this thing work, and trying to get back onto the right track. So this is actually like somewhat I, I don't know if I would call it inspiring but like a little bit more optimistic than I, generally our, this podcast goes right so there there's plenty of there's plenty of desperate acts of capitalism but it doesn't end there yeah exactly which you know it doesn't always end in like it usually ends in general chaos and misery but like sometimes these big dumb companies are able to figure out how to make things work right right you know, like if you have billions and billions of dollars to throw away every once in a while, you're going to figure something out. Now, of of course, just going by what has happened every time we've done an episode that has <laughs> yeah. like a happy ending. Yeah. It's literally like the next day, some huge piece of news comes out that's like, actually, this was all an entire failure and yeah. like all of those optimistic, like... That that happened with the fucking Chuck E. Cheese episode. Yeah, I saw where, that. Like, oh, literally, so literally, the day after we released the episode, this slew of articles come out about how, like, because we ended the the Chuck E. Cheese episode with like, oh, they're they're optimistic, they're they're heading into this brave new world, they're pulling all these interesting marketing tactics. Yeah, they're doing it's pretty like, so well. 
right, we're hopeful. And then literally the next day they filed for bankruptcy. The next day. We've got a lot of power on this podcast. We've got to be careful what we say. I, I guess I if it happens a third time, we can officially call it a curse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's better for our brand, I guess. If we... <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but I mean, like, so I guess we can just say that if our stories end with optimism, it's best to call it cautious optimism. It's best to call it not over yet. Yeah, right. These things can change, like, on a dime. Because optimism is not success. No. Yeah, it's like, this could work out, but there's a good chance it could still fail miserably. Right, it could, right. So, it could still get worse. So I am fascinated to get into Google Glass here. Okay, so I took most of this story from a fantastic article um, on a website called the Product Habits Blog. I actually, it, I don't think it had an author listed. I think it might have been multiple authors, you know, working together because it's a very like expansive story covering the entire history of Google Glass. Yeah, I, I cited them in my uh, Juicero episode. Oh, awesome! Yeah, they're it's fantastic writing. Few products in tech have drawn as much ridicule and outright laughter as Google Glass. But that wasn't always the case. Back in 2012, Sergey Brin, co-founder of Google, showed off a prototype of Glass at Google's I.O. conference. A screen behind Brin projected a live stream chat between Brin and two Google engineers in a plane. Suddenly, one of the engineers jumps out of the plane, parachuting onto the roof of the stadium where the audience is sitting. The entire event is broadcast live through the Google Glass device that he's wearing. Glass. That is one hell of a like a press release. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like fireworks go off, confetti is you know like laser you, cannons. That's that's the sort of shit you could only pull off if you're like a big tech company. Like you could never do that if you were like Quaker Oats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if Quaker Oats did something that like mad respect like that would get my attention (laughs) right it's just some insanely over-the-top marketing scheme of like we're jumping out of a plane into a cloud of fireworks buy our oatmeal dudes (laughs) it's like it reminds me i don't know if you've ever watched um arrested development but like whenever like uh job does some stunt he's like it's like confetti cannons and he always plays the final countdown and i was just like but it's like incredibly stupid like stuff that doesn't work (laughs) but it's just like right it's always insane bravado and like excitement (laughs) over nothing right right like sergey brin like has like a pull away suit and he's wearing like a sparkly vest and like the google glass (laughs) 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 glass elicited an awe-inspiring response at the conference and in the press at least initially People were excited about it because, like the recently announced Apple Watch Series 3, it promised them a new, post-mobile way of communicating. The tide began to turn, however, after the Google Glass pre-release in 2013. Beyond the planned stunt, there was little that hinted at a real-use case, let alone ecosystem behind the new product, and the bad PR mounted. Wait, so so they they did this pre-release, and the, the general press response was like, Oh, wow, you can't actually do anything with this. Yeah. (laughs) This kind of sucks. Yeah, exactly. Headlines like, Google Glass getting to grips with geek aesthetics, Google Glass will make you more manly, says Sergey Brin, and Google Glass is always listening, assuming you have a hack, emerge to disdain. Uh, Tech blogger Robert Scoble famously wore them in the shower. 
But by 2015, no one wanted to be seen wearing a pair of Google Glass. Yeah, because that's super lame. Yeah. <laughs> because they, they look like... Like, they're, they were, like, huge and bulky. They looked like um, those, like, cellular telephones from the 70s or whatever <laughs> yeah. with, like, the, the big, like, antenna that you had to, like, shk out. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's one of those, like, faux, like, futuristic products. Like, it's fut- futuristic for, like, the 80s. Well, and it was one of those things that was just so like prohibitively expensive yeah. and was I, very clearly like going to change. It was like getting a car phone or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but um, Google Glass is about to relaunch this year. This article Ooh. was written in 2017, so it's a little dated. But um, And that begs a few questions. Given its potential and technology, why wasn't Glass the spectacular success many expected it to be the first time around? Why did it fail so dramatically? What made Google decide to relaunch the product, and what are they going to do differently this time around? So let's dive deeper into the hype, death, and rebirth of Google Glass. Okay. So we're going to start. So this article is laid out as like a timeline. 2009 to 2011. The development of Google Glass uh, started with a vision of an exciting new technology that would change the world. Google had high hopes for Glass. The company wanted smart glasses to be the next big hardware platform, one as groundbreaking and profitable as Apple's iPhone. The iPhone put a computer in your pocket and made it accessible through a tap and a swipe. With Glass, Google wanted to help you interface even more seamlessly with technology by putting a computer on your face. (laughs) We're going to... And next, we're going to put a computer in your urethra. (laughs) Thank you, Google. Innovation. Google. <laughs> this is the future. Uh, back in 2009, one of Glass's co-creators, Babak Parviz, wrote, We already see a future in which the humble contact lens becomes a real platform, like the iPhone is today, with lots of developers contributing their ideas and inventions. As far as we're concerned, the possibilities extend as far as the eye can see, and beyond. And be- <laughs> It's like... No one wants the humble contact lens to be the next big developing platform for app developers. I I don't... Yeah, don't develop apps for my eyes, thank you. (laughs) Like, Google, you're very forward. Uh, uh, Parviz had been working on creating smart contact lenses. (laughs) Smart contact lenses. What, like, what I... That's such a stupid idea. I... It's like, one, there's... Even with today's insane computer technology, there's no way that you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, where would they get their power supply from? Yeah, exactly. Like, well, recently my 13-year-old brother got contact lenses, and he, like, nearly had a panic attack trying to get them in. Imagine oh, I could never fucking wear contact lenses. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Like, a lot of people have, like, major issues with, like, messing with their eyes. Like, imagine trying to put, like, a smart contact lenses in. Ugh. Probably bulky and have, like, wires in them or whatever. Right. It's like the you would need a power source. How would you even charge them? Like... Yeah, I, I do not like... <laughs> it's like the will-I-am pacemaker. It's like... <laughs> right. No thanks. Um... Uh, And it was this vision that Parviz brought to the Glass Project a year later. 
the idealistic vision around Glass's development masked a huge blind spot, how people would actually use the product. <laughs> yeah, that is a pretty big blind spot, I yeah. think. That's like, you but know... But what is this for? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like uh, putting a cart before the horse uh, scenario. It's like, let's it's... make something. What will people do with it? We'll figure it out. It's like the J.J. Abrams strategy of product development. God. It's like that comic that's like, I made a robot that screams! (laughs) And then it's just like, ah! And then the other scientist just goes, why? (laughs) Hmm. So on the island that all the people are trapped on, there's going to be a hatch that goes all the way down the ground, and it's going to have a computer in it that's ticking down to the ground. It's like, oh, uh, Mr. Abrams, like, what is that for? How does that relate to the plot of Lost? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Like it's, it'll be great. It'll be great. Okay. Remember when one of the writers of Lost came to like talk at our school? <laughs> yeah, I do and, remember that. And one of his, one of his fucking, like at the end, he was like, "Yeah, I was the writer for Lost. I could totally tell you what the island is." And everyone was like, "Yeah!" Like everyone just started <laughs> shouting to tell him. Yeah. And I, I saw him do that, and I was like. You don't know what the fucking island is, you dickhead. No, no one does because it doesn't. They didn't write anything. Yeah, there isn't anything there. There's no show bible. You just like yeah. You just you just made a thing with no conception of how it would fit into anything larger. Yeah. Oh okay. Uh, the team behind Glass succeeded in solving the really hard problem of creating a computer you could wear on your face. What they failed to figure <laughs> out is why people would want one. <laughs> <laughs> It's a computer for your face. Well, I, I, nobody asked for this. Yeah. Why would you do this? Yeah, it's like, I mean, right? Like, what was the? I mean, you always like quote that Beans guy who's like, to make a product that's successful, like it has to have a reason to exist. I'm probably misquoting it. Was, it. Uh, it was at the end of the day, you have to be your. It was at the end of the day, you have to be providing a product or service that improves the customer's life in some yeah. tangible way. Exactly, and it's like, how is a smartphone for your face going to be any better than a smartphone right. itself? Right, what, what can you do with Google Glass that you can't already do with your phone? Yeah, uh, besides look even more douchey. <laughs> right, besides look like a douche. Yeah. Uh, 2009 to 2010, Google CEO Eric Schmidt approached Sebastian Thrun, a Stanford professor, to help create a lab for long-shot technology programs. Uh, so this was like the same kind of lab as like the Google Barge. I don't know if it was the exact same like I see, I see. Um, subsidiary, but it's like that same thing where it's like a division of Google that is like designed to just create new crazy ideas. Right, right. There, uh, there's a word for that. God damn it! It's not incubator. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of that that vibe though, like just like it's like a it's like a think tank. That's it. Y- yeah, exactly. It's just we're gonna pay people to think of things that could or could not work. Right, just spit out ideas because one in you know one in twenty will make a billion dollars. Yeah, uh, Google Glass was now the first project of the infamous uh, Moonshot Factory, followed by Google's attempt at self-driving cars. So Google has done a ton mm. of this weird, random shit. Like the right, barge, right. they're just tr- throwing shit at the wall. Because like, like we said in the Google barge episode, they just have so much money to throw around. Like it doesn't really matter to them. Right, right. They it can doesn't, just they can throw several million dollars at twenty different projects, and it won't matter 
except for the one in 20 times where an idea makes a billion dollars. Exactly, and, exactly. And the cycle repeats again. Right, and it's very The snake stupid. devours its own tail. <laughs> yes. Uh, Thrun began to put together a team of researchers, scientists, and engineers to work on early prototypes of glass. 2011, the glass team began to iterate on their early designs to make a product that was light and portable. They removed the laptop and the back t- backpack and so apparently <laughs> could you imagine if it if it kept the laptop in the backpack where it's like those guys like have you ever seen those like laptop slings that you can wear on your shoulders and it's like a little <laughs> table that sticks out of your belly button <laughs> so there's They're... like all these like silicon valley tech dickheads walking around on like you know getting on the bart with one of these little like <laughs> belly drawers <laughs> oh i see you've noticed my google glass <laughs> Did you ever watch um, Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide? Yes! Oh my god! Remember that character Cookie, who was like he was like a cyberhuman, but like a like a '90s version of a cyberhuman, and all no, this. Cookie was the Cookie was the best friend character, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, but he was like uh, he always he had like he had like Google glasses. It was like a parody of Google glasses, oh, but they're like super bulky, and it was like very like '90s future technology, but like right, intentionally right. ridiculous for like comedic effect. And that's just what Google Glass 1.0 was like. Yeah, exactly. Like something that was like used as parody, <laughs> like what Google was trying to do. So they began engineering custom optical optical displays and circuitry. Uh, the people behind Glass were veteran researchers and engineers with a lot of expertise in wearable computing. One Glass co-creator, Astro Teller, great name, <laughs> mm-hmm. had previously worked on an armband that tracked exercise and sleep, so like a Fitbit kind of uh, right. prototype. Um, Parviz was the other co-creator who worked on integrating digital displays and monitors into contact lenses. On a technical level, the team was packed with rock stars. So, like, they have the best people in the business for this. Right. That sounds like you you want somebody who's experienced in integrating tech and biometrics, and you want somebody who, like, really knows experimental displays. Mm-hmm. So, like, but, like, just because you have the best pop- possible people you can hire doesn't mean it's not a stupid idea. <laughs> exactly. So the team got to work on Glass in complete secrecy from the rest of Google. They didn't even tell Google (laughs) about this. Uh, Early on, the team's focus was figuring out how people would interface with the product. They broke down the basic user experience of Glass through a series of prototypes using a Pico projector connected to a laptop to project a, a display onto a sheet. Once they sorted out the kinks of the interface, they focused on refining the hardware to be light and portable. Okay. When they hadn't quite figured out what they hadn't quite figured out was who their target audience was. Ah, yes. But who will buy this product? <laughs> we'll figure it out. Everyone. Babies. Old wait, women. Wait, so the so the way that the the glass worked, it's it's not like it, it wasn't like a clear screen. It was like a projector onto the glass yes. on the screen. Yes. That is so dumb. <laughs> Yeah, and it looks dumb. Yeah, that that's super dumb. Uh, the engineers, lame. The engineers couldn't quite agree how to position glass. One group believed that it should be a consumer product that people would wear all day. Another group believed glass should fulfill specific utilitarian functions. So, like they they wanted people to just like 
sleep with these things basically <laughs> like yeah. the same way you would just regular glasses like i mean not sleep with them but like you wear them the rest of the day like you wake right, you up wear put them, them all on. the time yeah which is really gross <laughs> Uh, Google co-founder Sergey Brin figured out that these debates would be ironed out by launching Glass early and iterating based on feedback. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> terrible, terrible idea and horrible hmm, mistake. So there, there's a lot of internal conflict about like how we're actually going to sell this product. I know, I'll resolve this by launching the product. Yeah, exactly. This is like the J.C. Penny. It's like Ron Johnson. It's like this is an incredibly like revolutionary and unheard of like marketing like uh update strategy strategy yeah. like instead of testing it out let's just like roll it out like right. worldwide and see Full what market. happens yeah. now no we don't testing. have time to test um this approach had served google well in the past with software products like gmail and docs so they assumed it would work again Oh, yeah, G that's the same thing. It's like you know. Gmail and Docs are, are very simple software programs. Like, this is like a revolutionary wearable tech product. This is not in the same category. Well, and Gmail and Google Docs are like, those are like lost. You don't pay for those unless yeah. you're like a huge enterprise thing. Like, you don't pay for those services. It's, it's a fucking loss leader for Google. That's to get you in the door. Yeah, exactly. And, and those things are literally just like, offering free versions of software that already exists like it's just like, like email and excel but like yeah. free versions but like offering it for free so you end up paying for other google stuff yeah. so like it's there it's not a revolution in the like wearable tech category god this uh, is why you don't let tech guys do marketing. This no. is why you don't let tech guys do sales. Yeah, it's like, people will love it. Just open the doors and we'll sell a billion of them. Right, it's like, yes, you're a tech guy, you should know who would like your product, but you don't let them decide on the actual marketing strategies. Yes, yeah. It's a totally different like approach that you need to have another team for. Uh, but Bryn, but Bryn was eager to get Glass out into the wild, for some reason. <laughs> uh, by 2012, a team of designers and engineers at Google's Moonshot Factory were ready to show the world a prototype, even if they didn't yet know what the world would use it for. I mean, that's something you do at like an experimental tech, like demo or something. You don't be like. You don't come out like, this is a mass market product now. Yeah, right. Everyone should buy one. That and the fact that they did all of this without telling Google. Yeah, right. That's the thing about these like subsidiaries, like these secret labs that they make. It's like they don't even have to tell the general Google population. They just have to like, like we're making this. And then they and end up like, yeah. If you're Google and you see this happen, it's like you have a brand to uphold. You can't be like... No, they're, it's like, this is a rogue affiliate of ours, yeah. <laughs> and we don't claim them. You have to be like, yeah, Google Glass, it's yeah. a thing now. <laughs> right, it's part of our, our identity now, I guess. Right, Google Glass, it's a thing. Guys, cut this the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Wish you would have told us, but yeah, it's great, we love it. We think it'll do great. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, I'll see you after class. Um... 2012 to 2014, the initial launch and failure of Google Glass. <laughs> so the launch and failure. 
uh, just this, side by side. Yeah, I love how those are just mentioned in the same headline. I mean, I mean, it's it's not a launch and failure. That's a stillbirth. Yeah, it's just a failure. Like it's like it, it came out bad. Yeah. Put it back in the oven. It's not done yet. If you say it's a failure, you assume it was launched. Right. <laughs> uh, that brings us to the moment Sergey first demoed Glass in 2012. Um, so the the mo- like the crazy tech conference launch right. that I began the story with. A couple of months earlier, Google had previewed Glass to the public for the first time through a futuristic concept video. The video walked you through a scenario wearing glass. Imagine waking up from a nap. You flip through your calendar while pouring a cup of coffee, check the weather, and text a friend, all without looking at a computer or a smartphone screen. That was the early promise behind Glass in promotional video and at the I.O. conference. So it's literally just a smartphone that you don't have to, like, take off like you don't have I to mean, not look at <laughs> don't don't you have to like i wait how do you how do you actually use the glass then like is there no there's no buttons or anything i think there's a button and then i don't really know like <laughs> is there a control with like your eyes or something yeah i think that's what they're trying to do but i'm not sure if that was actually in the prototype but it's like the whole idea of like because like for me like i have to like limit myself from looking at my phone too much because it gives me a headache yeah but like like, imagine if you weren't able to not look at your phone constantly right it's like i i don't like looking at my phone all the time i i like taking breaks to do things that are not looking at my fucking phone yeah and so like google was like but what if you didn't even have to look down at your phone it was just always at your eye level which is like no it doesn't solve that problem it makes it worse what if your phone could be overlaid over reality at all times and everyone everyone was just like well google that sounds kind of like a nightmare (laughs) that sounds kind of like like a half-baked black mirror episode (laughs) it really does um yeah it's like it's like a black mirror episode without the the second act built in <laughs> right it's um, just here here's a weird shitty technology that's a part of your life now yeah <laughs> the early reaction was overwhelmingly positive time magazine named glass one of the best inventions of 2012 this is before glass was released to the public so like i don't know what fucking pr strategies Google <laughs> best invention of 2012 we don't really know what it is but yeah. best invention uh, Tim O'Reilly, founder of computer learning company O'Reilly Media, tweeted, I suspect that Google Glass may be a technology milestone to surpass the iPhone. I mean, uh, sh- based, sure, man. based on Whatever. what? Based, based on, on what? Because they were they skydiving in the <laughs> the product launch? Like, <laughs> I th- I think the Google i-sounding I rod will be better than the iPad. <laughs> It'll also be better it. than the car. I don't, I don't know what it's for. It'll probably be better than lungs. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I'm a tech writer. I can just make shit up and people eat it up. Yeah. Um, the public had high hopes for Glass. After all, it was being created by Google. But Glass signaled a, a big shift in approach from the Google that people knew and loved. <laughs> uh, Benedict Evans put it best in the piece called Glass, Home, and Solipsism. The, Interesting. The old glass rejoiced in sending people away from the site as fast as possible because the results mattered, not the search. Glass points to a risk of forgetting that. Google search provided clear utility for customers. 
It helped them find exactly what they were looking for on the web by sending them away from Google. In contrast, the consumer version of Glass was asking people to come in the front door and stay. It wanted to replace the smartphone phone and become your interface for, for everything, from sending text to reading the news. The problem was that it didn't seem to do anything better than a smartphone. Right. So, like, what this is saying is, like, Google search works so well because it can send you anywhere on the web, but right. Google Glass was claiming to be like, no, this is the web now. Like, you won't need anything else. Ah, uh, yes. But then at the same time, it's like, you're not doing anything better than the standard smartphone, so why would you want to replace all of the internet with Google Glass? Right, exactly. Why would you want to replace the expanse of the internet with something that's just a smartphone but shittier. Yeah, <laughs> you can't take off. Uh, Glass is officially announced in April 2012 with a blog post on Google Plus and a concept video. Later that year in June, Sergey Brin shows a live demo of Glass at Google's I.O. keynote conference. In September, Glass is featured on models at New York Fashion Week. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Google <laughs> did not pay for this. You you can't just you can't just like put shit on models and make it fashion. Yeah. That's not how modeling works. That's not how fashion works. Right. I mean, that's pretty much what Will I Am does. It's like <laughs> the Will I Am gold plated like spontaneously combusting AirPods. Right. It's well, fashion. And he, just, and he puts just covers everything in gold and it's like, it's designer now. It's like, no, it's gaudy. Yeah, it's like the only reason it becomes designer is because a rich person is paying for it <laughs> well it, it becomes this shit becomes designer because it's like actually designed by somebody who knows what it's doing yeah who knows what they're doing and not will i am yeah, exactly um the resulting media blitz whipped up huge excitement around the product so this is like the the hype that we remember when every right, media right. outlet was talking about google glass it's going to be the next iphone it's going to change the world um, so here was the Google Glass announcement on Google+. We think technology should work for you, to be there when you need it, and get out of your way when you don't. A, Google, a group of us from Google X, so Google X was like the, um, the Moonshot Factory subsidiary, started Project Glass to build this kind of technology, one that helps you explore and share your world, putting you back in the moment. We're sharing this information now because we want to start a conversation and learn from your valuable input. So we took a few design photos to show what this technology could look like and created a video to demonstrate what it might enable you to do. Please follow along as we share some of our ideas and stories. We'd love to hear yours too. What would you like to see from Project Glass? Signed, co-creators Babak Parviz, Steve Lee, and Sebastian Thrun. That, that is terrible copy yeah what was that first line again um we think we think technology should work for you to be there when you need it and get out of your way when you don't except for google glass which is on your face yeah. on your uh, literal face <laughs> a product that's designed to be on you at all times and not get out of your way when you don't need it the whole point of the <sighs> like the great thing about a smartphone is you can move it out of your eyesight when you're not using it well and just the rest of that copy was just so bland it just slides out of your brain like well it's so vague and it's like 
maybe this will do things right it's like it's like here we've we've drawn up some concept designs for what it might look like and what you (laughs) might be able to do with it so it's like here's shit that our product can't do google glass Uh, 2013, Google Glass creates the Explorers program where people can apply to test an early version of Glass. The early access campaign was fueled through Twitter. Here's what the application for the Glass Explorers program looked like. How to apply. We're looking for bold, creative individuals who want to join us and be a part of shaping the future of Glass. We'd love to make everyone an explorer, but we're starting off a bit smaller. We're still in the early stages, and while we can't promise everything will be perfect, we can promise it will be exciting. Using Google Plus or Twitter, tell us what you would do if you had glass, starting with the hashtag, if I had a glass. So here are the requirements. Your application must be 50 words or less. You must include hashtag, if I had glass in your application. You can include up to five photos in your application. You can include a short video, 15 seconds max. Be sure to follow us on Google Plus or Twitter so that we can contact you directly. You must be at least 18 years old and live in the U.S. to apply. For more details, see our full terms and FAQ. So this is a weird, like, scholarship application program? I I genuinely don't know what... It's like, I... So is the... It seems like the application process is like... There is like a stealth marketing campaign. Yeah. They're like, if, if yeah. you make whoever makes the most vines about Google Glass will will be able to try out the product. So here's the thing that they failed to tell people who are applying for the program. Oh. If you were accepted into the program, it cost you fifteen hundred dollars to receive your Google Glass. What? <laughs> So you had to apply, write an essay on why you should get Google Glass, include photos, make a video, and like include a hashtag and like all this. It's like a sweepstakes, but then you have to pay like more than like a MacBook Pro to get your test, like your prototype. That's, that's not just a MacBook Pro. That's like a month's wages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's insane. What the fuck? To test out a product that probably has major things wrong with it. Like, it's now the, the alpha version of the product. Now that you've done all of this marketing for us for free, yeah. you, now have the, you now have the gracious opportunity to pay us $1,500. It's like a multi-level for a product marketing that doesn't thing. work. Yeah. That, that's literally, like, MLM shit. Ugh. Yeah, it's like a pyramid scheme with one less step. Ugh. Like, the only thing different is, like, you don't have to sell them, but, like, you're still doing free marketing. and Right, them. at least they're not asking you to, like, resell the glass for yeah. $2,000 <laughs> or whatever. Um, while glass was still a prototype, the hype behind it meant that everyone saw it as a finished product. So this was another major problem. There was so mm. much hype around it. All the people who applied for the Explorers program and were paying this in- insane amount of money were expecting, like, a finished like Google Glass, like they're, <laughs> they're ex- expecting a working product. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, I like I'm paying fifteen hundred dollars. I'm assuming I'm getting like a life changing. But what they got was the prototype for Google right. Glass. They were expecting an iPhone, and what they got was the like cellular phone. <laughs> yeah. So unsurprisingly, the Google Glass explorers were not impressed. <laughs> Pretty and now soon. You have- 
all of these people that just spent all of this time garnering a huge amount of social media attention, and now... So there's, like, the eyes of the tech world are now focused on all of these trial people, and all of them are disappointed. Yeah, and not only disappointed, but angry, because they just paid, like, a shit ton of money for something that doesn't really work. Right. And they, you're, they you're shifting... You're putting the pen in their hands to now write the story of Google Glass. It's like Ugh. one of the worst PR moves in history. Yeah, that's that's idiotic. So pretty soon, public perception around Glass radically shifted. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, by 2014, public backlash against Glass ramped up. The product is parodied everywhere from The Simpsons to The Daily Show. So like the like Spider-Man musical, like this now became like fodder for like late night uh, talk show yeah, hosts. Yeah, to, it, it it transformed from like the next big thing to like the next big failure kind of thing. Right, right. Um, Glass's public launch originally intended was for 2014 was delayed indefinitely as a result. <laughs> the Glass Explorers program was meant to help Google iterate on the product based on real user feedback. While this strategy had proven itself for products like Gmail, Sheets, and Docs, it didn't translate to hardware, in large part due to the media circus around Glass. Well, and it's like, they are, they're, they are getting plenty of user feedback, I'm sure. Yes, yes, angry user feedback. Bad. <laughs> By mid-2013, as Glass was making its way into the real world, things started to change. The public was not only less interested in Glass, but also legitimately concerned about the implications of the technology. Here were some of the biggest challenges for Glass. Mm -hmm. At a whopping $1,500, few consumers were actually willing to pay for Glass. Due to the, yeah. <laughs> that's prohibitive, prohibitively expensive for most people, even the middle class, that's incredible, like, even the upper middle class, that's pushing it. That's like two to three times more expensive than a phone. Yeah. Due to the restricted nature of the pre-launch, most couldn't buy one even if they, ha they had the capital to. Yeah. So even if you were dumb enough to spend $1,500, you had to apply to this stupid program. Um, for its early life, Glass was only accessible to wealthy tech professionals and other early adopters and influencers. Uh, the marketing blitz around Glass from the I.O. keynote to featuring Glass in fashion shows created massive expectations around a product that was still a prototype. Upon la launch, many of these features shown off in Google demo videos, video conferencing, voice response to text messages, and more, were still in development and completely unavailable. So <laughs> They just, like, didn't have them. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> The only thing you can do is, like, check the weather. <laughs> at this point, it's like, I... At this point, it would probably be easier to list what Google Glass could actually do rather than what it couldn't do. Yeah, right. Yeah, and all the things that they had, like, created all the hype around with, like, the vo video conferencing and, you know, voice activation and stuff, and, like... Just weren't there. Just didn't exist on the prototype. So all the people God. that got the... All the people who are going to be blogging about this are just like, wait, what are where are all the things that made us want to spend all this money? It's like, on one hand, I don't blame people for... It's like, on one hand, I want to blame the people for not, like, reading the press release that it's a prototype. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, Google, you fucking should have 
not done this. It's like yeah. You, well, you should have like not a, put out the demo video if you didn't have that already. Right. Exactly. You should have launched the the Explorers program before you told anyone else. You're just saying we're working on this. It's a prototype. We're still working out the kinks. Tell us what you think. How we can make it better. Then it's you honestly just no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Sorry. I was saying like then you do the the launch and the demo video like after you worked out the kinks it's a totally like backwards way of doing right. this how did they think this was going to work yeah <laughs> like it's just like it's so like idiotic uh, uh the marketing blitz around oh wait i already said that um to use glass it had to be tethered via bluetooth to an android phone while the product itself frequently crashed <laughs> and ran out of power oh my god one of the only features that worked well was the camera and video recording feature. So, like, well. and like the like glasses with cameras in them are a thing. Like that's not yeah. like a new thing. Like that's been around for a long time. Right. Like those right. spy glasses or whatever. Right. Right. Well, and they make like they make like glasses for sports people that have cameras in them or whatever yeah exactly so that's not new but that's the only thing that would not like crash or just not be there in the prototype of google google glass right so it's like here's a camera for your face yeah and that's it but the camera and video features of glass were seen as an invasion of privacy causing a major pr crisis for google when someone looked at you wearing glass it felt like they were pointing an iphone at your face yeah, exactly. Because people could be recording at any time, and you wouldn't know. Right, exactly. That's, like, and that, I think, is the thing that really killed Google Glass, is the yeah. fact that it's like, hey, dickhead, get that fucking camera off your face. Yeah. Stop filming me. Yeah, like, you know that there's going to be, like, people on YouTube, like, we're doing an investigation on the DMV and how they rob, like, they rob people. We're going in. I'm using right. my Google Glass so they don't know we're recording. <laughs> like, no, you're right. <laughs> uh, like, I don't want some fucking conspiracy theorist, like, going up to me and, like, filming me with them. <laughs> it's just like, it's like that. Now like, it becomes, like, an actual Black Mirror episode. I like the idea of... Like somebody thinking that Google glasses are uh, inconspicuous. Yeah, exactly. like, they have no idea. Have you has as you have this like giant blinking plastic <laughs> like with a screen sc- projecting onto your lenses, right, like a fucking VR headset, like <laughs> walking in. Right. Um, perhaps the biggest issue was that Google failed to prevent a convincing use case for glass that proved for most people that their smartphones couldn't be a better product. Glass lacked a killer app like Instagram or Ang- Angry Birds that hinted at its platform potential for consumers. So, like, there was nothing really to, like, get you excited about Google Glass besides Google Glass. Right. Like, the thing about the iPhone or even, like, an Android is, like, you can be, like, even if you don't care that much about having a smartphone, you could be, like, oh, I want to use Instagram or I want to use... I want to play right, games. but the Google Glass doesn't do anything. Yeah. Like, it literally right. doesn't work. There's there's no reason to buy it. Right, you can't play games. That's dangerous. Like, you can't, like, ha- like watch video. Like, that's <laughs> that'll right. take up your entire field of it, vision. There's literally no reason to use the product. Um, uh, in contrast to how the public and media were originally talking about Google Glass, now the headlines sounded more like this. 
Google Glass is the worst product of all time. And <laughs> the verdict is in. Nobody likes Google Glass. <laughs> These are actual headlines. Okay. Oh, my God. In one incident, a woman wearing her glass to a bar had it forcibly removed by another patron, prompting applause from everyone else in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! my God. Yeah, fuck, Google, fuck it fuck up. Google, fuck Oh I mean, gosh. like, it, it's not okay to, like, forcibly remove someone's glasses. Like, obviously that person, but, like, still, it's hilarious. That That's it, really funny. Yeah, like, it's hilarious that it happened, like, I mean, both parties are at fault for being right, assholes. It's like, one, you're a dickhead for walking into a bar with a Google Glass yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Or even oh paying my... 1500 for one. Right, it's like, you're already just a douche, but. Yeah. And, like, don't, don't, like, take people's shit. Yeah. Just the fact that everyone in the bar saw this happening and started going like, "Yeah, I agree with this." <laughs> right. Normally, you'd be like, "Hey, that like that's incredibly rude and like, like, right. like oh gosh, a fight is breaking out. This is scary." But it's like, yeah, the fact that ever literally everyone in the room felt good enough about this to applaud. It reminded me of like this time I was at a movie. It was like really crowded, and there was like some like crying baby in the front row, and like after like twenty minutes, like the parents finally just gave up and took the baby out and like everyone in the theater just cheered it was like a <laughs> triumphant moment like this like uniting humanity and hatred against this baby that's so like mean yeah on both parties it's right like, right well it's like, like it, you should have done it 20 you should have done this shit 20 minutes ago because you're being super rude for taking a, <laughs> an upset baby into a movie like they're a baby yeah it's, movies taking a baby into a movie theater is like taking your baby into the upset baby room yeah. <laughs> like, right yeah we'll take them into the dark room that screams at them and flashes <laughs> big colors they'll be fine right where everyone gets angry at you if the baby gets upset right um anyway uh-huh. uh while glass started out strong the product was ultimately seen as a symbol of tech privilege and invasiveness glass users were dubbed glass holes and publicly shamed <laughs> shame shame <laughs> shame shame well it's one of those things that it's like when airpods first came out and you saw a dude walking around with them you're like that fucking asshole like that's how google right. glass was like for yeah, its exactly. entire it's like history it's like wow you you're because it's like oh you're a dickhead that can afford to blow a thousand dollars on a pair of airpods yeah right <laughs> but honestly it's like google glass is even worse because it's just like it's like at least with airpods it's just like a passing fancy for the wealthy you yeah know? it's like oh i think i'll have a spot of airpods today but right you had to like you had to, like, fight to get Google Glass. You had to fight to be that yeah. much of a bitch. Well, also, like, AirPods actually, like, solves a problem. Do something? Like, like Google Serve Glass, like, function? there's no reason to wear Google Glass other than you're trying to show people how rich you are. Right, it's a conspicuous consumption thing. Yeah. In the short span of a year, Glass had gone from a product that was supposed to make the smartphone invisible to one that was a source of public ridicule. By November 2014, 9 out of 16 Glass uh, third-party app makers stopped working on Project for Google Glass because there was zero market demand or even interest. My God. So, like, everyone who was working with Google Glass to develop, like, apps or whatever is just like, you... Do we have to? Yeah, there's, you're not 
going to sell any, why would we continue to pour money into this? Right, right. Um, Glass co-creator Babak Parviz left Google for Amazon, followed by other important team members. Publications started to report prematurely the death of Glass. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, So, yeah, like one of the co-founders was just like, fuck this. Like, it's not going to (laughs) work. This... Actually, this is really dumb. I'm going to leave. Bye, guys. Uh, While the team behind Glass still believed in the product's potential, it was obvious that Glass wasn't going to be the big consumer hit that they had hoped for. Um, They started exploring other use cases for the product. Astro Teller pointed out, When we originally built Glass, the work we did on the technology front was very strong. And starting the Explorer program was the right thing to do to learn about how people use the product. Where we got a little off track was trying to jump all the way to the consumer applications. We got more than a little off track. <laughs> you you didn't jump directly to consumer applications. You never made that jump. Yeah. <laughs> there was no... You didn't put any thought into that. You yeah, just there, released it. There was no jump. You started there. <laughs> right. It's... Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's like... It's if just, anything, it's it's that we thought about consumer applications too much. Yeah. It's like, no, you didn't think of it at all, and that's really obvious, you dickhead. Yeah. It's like, you didn't just get off track. Like, you ran out of track and went backwards. Like, <laughs> you didn't build any track, and then you the roller coaster shifted into reverse. Right. Ugh. Uh, by January 2015, Google had withdrawn the consumer version of Glass. Google learned its lesson from launching too early with too much hype. Um, I should hope so. But it's like, it's not just launching too early. It's like launching before it was even tested at any degree. Yeah, it's like launching before it was even done. Launching before you had a market. It's like... Launching before you showed anyone or figured out who would potentially buy this product. I'm just baffled by the fact that they thought this would work. That they thought that this was, like, viable. Yeah. Um, just as they were winding down the consumer version of Glass, they launched a new initiative for the product. Oh? To the public, Glass was a failed product that no one wanted. But to Google, Glass was entering a new chapter. And that's where we will pick up next week on Desperate Acts of Capitalism. Ooh, Evan's first two-parter. Yay! So, uh, gosh. That was excellent. Thank you. Yep. Google Glass. You got what you wanted. And there's more coming. There's more so coming. Stop pestering me. No <laughs> more. Calm down, you little peasants. No more letters. There will be more soon. <laughs> New post on Sundays. <laughs> no post on Sundays. I just like right. opened my mailbox and getting flooded with letters like, do an episode on Google Glass. We need more Google Glass. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think that about wraps it up for this week. Excellent. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter at DAOCCast, Instagram at Desperate Acts of Capitalism, and Tumblr at DesperateActsOfCapitalism.tumblr.com. And remember, next week's episode is up right this moment on our Patreon. Join us there for bonus content, including an entire second podcast, Business Desserts, where Evan and I talk about current business news and whatever we feel like talking about that week. And thank you so much for listening. We love you. Big things are coming.